0: Thank you for tuning into to SojCast. We hope you enjoy this uninterrupted listening experience. But before
1: that, please do listen to these messages that come from those that support your favorite show.
0: Hello everyone, you're listening to Reality by Rhea. Today, my guest is the author of the book called Of Knights and Knaves the Renaissance and World Philosophy Through the Lens of Tarot. So, without much further ado, let's welcome Risika Chopra. Hello, Risika. How are you?
1: I'm really good. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here.
0: (laughs) And we are happy that you joined in. So, we will begin this session. This would be an impromptu conversation because we haven't really decided what we'll talk about. But um, my very first question would be, what do you do? Like, how old are you, and uh, how did you become an author?
1: Um, I'm actually 17, um, but when I wrote *Of Knights and Knaves, I was 16. And um, I think the main reason that's contributed to me writing of Knights and Maves was the fact that I was really passionate about the tarot. And a very big misconception that goes amongst the crowd is that tarot is something that's only used for divination. That, you know, it's kind of like a pack of cards and you see an astrologer at the mall and he's just going to tell you your future. And I think that there's a lot more to tarot cards than what we've made it seem. Like, for example, the tarot cards, every single card has this sort of history and symbolism embedded in it that once you look at the card you can like just tell that it's like it has just such a legacy and even when once you hold like a card you can feel like a lot of energy coming into you I feel like there's much more to it than we make it seem so that's why I think the main reason behind writing of Knights and Naves was because I was so passionate about the tarot and are you a tarot card reader as well Uh, Yeah, I read um, tarot cards and I can read birth charts as well. I actually um, do it. So if anyone wants reading, they can drop me a DM on Instagram.
0: I'll be the first one too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely for you, anything, yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. So um, in this book, uh, if I'm not wrong, you try to connect the Renaissance spirit with tarot cards. That is like quite...
1: Two different poles of magnet. It, it was it was a task. It was like a really uh, meticulous task, if I may say so myself, because um, it's it's sort of like um, if I may give an example. So the tarot is divided into two major like um arcana's. So it would be like um how you organize the tarot deck. So it's the major arcana and it's the minor arcana. So um, I don't specialize in the minor arcana, so I don't know much about it, but like I can tell you basic elements, but I've read a lot about the major arcana because I thought that, you know, it's better to learn and master sort of one part of the tarot first before you move on to the next. And I think that next time I'm going to start, um, you know, really learning about the um, minor arcana and um, the quirks of it, but right now from what I've learned about the major arcana, it's actually really, really linked to the renaissance because even though the tarot cards didn't sort of originate in the renaissance, they originated in Milan, Italy, and you know, the origins are really unknown because it originated as a deck of playing cards so it's kind of like, you know, what we play at Diwali when we're gambling and stuff like that, that that was what tarot cards were intended to be but um, once we sort of see it in progression, like after the I think 15th century past, um, then 16th century. And then slowly in the 17th century, we see like a change because, um, the tarot cards started being much more reputed, And um, the first tarot card deck, like the one which is supposed to be like very popular amongst tarot readers is called the Rider Waite. And in that, you see this sort of imagery, which is from the Renaissance because he's um, incorporated all these images like Pamela Smith, who's the illustrator. She's used all Renaissance images in them. So um, for example, the first card, which is the Fool, it actually looks like a code jester, which were used, like not really used, but they were like people during the Renaissance Times, that used to be like advisors to the king, and sort of like a very fun figure. So a lot of the imagery is from the Renaissance.
0: Okay, alright, that is quite interesting. And how did you study about the Renaissance period? Like, did um, you well, at the
1: Renaissance?
0: Sorry, uh,
1: did you do it on your own, like the whole research, whole the book? The research of the entire book I did do on my own. I um, read quite a, uh, I read quite a lot. Sorry, I, I read a lot of other books that talked about the tarot, so but they weren't really necessarily Renaissance. So A lot of them. Um, the thing about is the thing about it is that um, when I started writing out of nights and days, I wanted it to be. Um, you know like just from the roots like from scratch so um, I wanted like none of the information to be plagiarized or you know not only because that could get me into trouble but I also felt like you know that the tarot sort of deserves to um, have some sort of account of its history and you know if you really look at it there's almost nothing on the tarot in like sources like you have to draw a lot of Interpretations yourself, but um, sort of if you find a good historical source. Like when I started writing the book, I actually wanted to focus on ancient Egypt, and. Once you start looking at ancient Egypt, you realize that uh, firstly, A, you know nothing about the language. And this would like take you 10 years to write because I didn't know anything about Egypt. But from what I studied about the Renaissance, when I was in class 11, I had history and um, I found it so interesting. And when I started um, studying and writing about the Renaissance again, I had to like full on research about almost every single aspect of it. So, you know, what um different roles there were in the renaissance what a king used to do and what a hermit used to do it's you know once you get into it you like really get into it i wrote eight chapters more of of nights in this but um i didn't get to publish that because the publisher said that the book would be so long and (laughs) i was like okay sorry
0: and uh if i'm not wrong you have another
1: book as well the second book uh i don't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but thank you for attributing another book to me. I feel very accomplished now.
0: <laughs> no, uh, we would want that second book as well.
1: <laughs> That's so sweet. Of me.
0: <laughs> so, uh, like, does it uh, take something to be a tarot card reader or anyone could choose this as a profession or as for passion?
1: That's actually a really interesting question, because I, I've been thinking about it so much over the past one week, that, you know, what really makes a tarot reader? And I feel like, um, I feel like, see, like, if it was easy, then anyone would do it, right? Because it's like, if it was that easy, then almost everyone in the world would get into it, because like, who doesn't want to know their future? But um, I feel like, the main thing that a tarot card reader has to have amongst themselves is like a a really strong sense of intuition. And I think people usually see the intuition as this sort of like unaltered thing that, you know, um, that the intuition is something that's always right. And, you know, you should 1000% follow it and everything that, you know, your gut feeling is almost always right. And I sort of disagree with it in a way, because I feel like your gut feeling is something that's influenced so much by external factors so the intuition isn't something that's completely unaltered or that's completely pure but it's influenced so much by external factors and I feel like to be a tarot reader you have to have that sense of intuition because when you're looking at those deck of cards which are placed like you can't see them once you're picking out the card so when you're picking out the card you have to have such a strong sense of intuition to know which card and you have to have a very strong sense of interpretation you have to be able to pick up on the small symbols and most importantly i feel like you have to have very high emotional intelligence and to be able to deal with the person because i think if for example if you do a reading for me and if someone else does a reading for me like let's say xyz so X, Y, Z might have a lot, may ask the same question as you, but their perception on it and their energy and everything else they have gone through in their entire lives would be very different. And I've noticed, this is something that's really interesting, that I've noticed that a lot of tarot readers tend to be empaths, which means that they can sort of imbibe other people's emotions so this is why I have sort of refrained from reading the tarot for, I I was introduced to the tarot when I was six. And um, I refrained from reading the tarot for a lot of years because it used to affect me very deeply when other people used to come to me and talk to me because you sort of take in that person's energy and you start giving away a lot of your energy. So Especially like I cannot do like three readings in a day. I always keep like one reading for one day and then I do like a three day break because it's actually very energy sapping if you think about it, because it's like once you do a reading, you understand that exactly how much it takes out of you, because you know you may have a very strong sense of intuition but to create the balance you also would be like someone who has like a lot of um empathy and can like you know like read other people's feelings and once you do that you end up feeling very drained so there's like always a negative side to it
0: well that is news to me I, I mean i've never heard about that as well i uh, somehow knew that uh, it requires a lot like some special powers inside you like you do have a strong <laughs> intuition uh, to become a tarot card reader. I myself experienced one uh, reading. Like um, I was- in You da- got a reading done, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, like there was someone in book fair and uh, uh, you guys like, yeah, we have to choose one card, right? Any card?
1: Yeah, Um, I usually uh, emphasize on people picking up three cards. So like one for the past, present and future. Oh. So you can get to know the problem better.
0: Yeah. So uh, what she did was uh, like, she. Um, I wanted to know what uh, I wanted, like what I wanted to become. Uh, so I asked her, what would I become? And um, she gave me options like, uh, what are your interests? So I chose lawyer, I chose politician, I chose a blogger. And then um, in the same year, I started my blog, I published my book, and I'm podcasting right now so I damn
1: started-
0: <laughs> exactly that was like very really mind-blowing and i started believing in tarot card reading from that moment
1: when yeah said- because tarot cards i feel like if a person is pure they can really sense your energy and to a very large extent like they can like you almost feel it like becoming a part of you after like a point of time because like I sort of see these characters in my dreams also now. So it's like, it's like a very um, big part of me now.
0: And uh, I'm really curious about that card reading. I'm going to ask a lot of
1: questions right now. If you no, no, good. I'm all here for all of the questions. Don't worry about that.
0: Yeah. So I wear this bracelet, like, is it your uh, evil eye bracelet as well? So is that somehow related to tarot card reading as well?
1: Yeah. Is it? Um, um, it's not actually um, related to tarot card reading, but I feel a lot of symbols in the tarot cards, they sort of um, show um, the presence of an evil eye. So, um, for example, I can show you my that actually um, uh, if I ever find it, because my room is so messy. Um, but um, it's sort of, oh, I found it, okay. Wow, <laughs> that's that so, letter um, now. Huh? I said we're in luck now. Yeah, we are in luck. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, one second. So I'll just open it up. Yes, so my entire sort of um, this is the full deck. It's actually 372 cards, but uh, the major arcana has 22 cards in itself. So, um, a lot of the cards, if you see, they actually talk about the presence of an evil eye or the sort of presence of the importance of spirituality when battling away enemies. So, for example, this card. The Hierophant, he's supposed to be referred to as the Pope, so um he's sort of like a spiritual guru. So like each of these cards, um so um has like this deeper underlying meaning to it, which is something which I find really interesting. But um there's this sort of one specific card which I am looking for, which um yeah found it. Um so the Devil he's supposed to sort of represent the evil eye in the tarot. So you can see on top of his head, there's sort of like a pentacle-shaped figure, which is one of the five... um Elements of the minor arcana. So on top of his head, you see like the pentacle. So that's supposed to be like sort of like um to prevent people from the evil eye, to prevent them from seeing it. Because um, you know, in the tarot, the devil is actually not a negative source. Like um, we always like villainize the devil and everything. But over here, he's actually not really a negative source and it could mean a mm-hmm like a very vast um, number of meanings in like, if you look at it in a reading, it could mean like thousands of things because if you pick out the devil or, you know, that's why I really, really dislike showing. I always tell people to pick out three cards. So when they pick out three cards, I never flip the card right there because if they see the devil, they start panicking or if they see death, they start panicking. And I'm like, it does not mean something bad. You just have to finish all three of them and it actually affects their reading. So I always keep them face down until they've picked out all three cards. (laughs) like this Sochcast
0: tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store
1: do you uh, read cards online as well online yeah I do I read them online I do offline and yeah both of them and I do them actually um, on text also but I don't recommend that Um, it's kind of like um, a bit impersonal and tarot is something that's really personal so
0: yeah. okay okay all right my next question related to tarot card reading is that uh have you like did you ever had an um intuition which was uh
1: completely accurate i think it's happened like quite sometimes, like um at okay like if you really really concentrate um like you know you um it's, it, it, I had this incident with uh, one of my best friends. I was reading um, tarot cards for her and um, she asked me, this is a very common question. You would not believe how many people ask me this. She asked me um, to describe the sort of person she would marry. And I'm like, I can't answer that. I don't know that. And um, I was like, I can search for, so there's something in the tarot which is called the twin flame reading, which I didn't get into until last, last year because it takes a lot out of you. Like, 10 times more than the normal would because it's like very um I I strongly believe that all types of like you know love even platonic romantic take a lot of out of you like because they're so strong in nature so when I was doing that reading for her I sort of did the twin flame reading and the soulmate's reading for her and when I was reading that um I did two readings simultaneously because I really got into it and she was also so excited and um you know, my nose suddenly started bleeding and I got so scared and, um, I had to call up my mom and dad and I got so scared and they were like, really mad at me. They were like, Jessica, why would you do this? I, and they were like, I told you not to do like, um, overexert yourself and everything. They were really worried and everything. And, um, I think that's, and, um, you know, the thing is that, um, and that night when I went to sleep, I started seeing like these, um, Like, um, you know, the sort of person I describe for her, like, I'm not going to, like, mention because, like, you know, the readings are confidential, but um, the sort of person I describe for her, like, you know, with um, his character and his personality traits and his, um, you know, astrological birth chart placements, like, if he has, like, a heavy Gemini placement, I started seeing all of those things in my dreams that night. And that's because the thing was so strong, like, because I did, um, I, that was my first twin flame reading actually. And I didn't do one after that because I was really scared. So, um, but, um, I think that's at one point of time where my intuition was really strong. And I guess we're just going to have to wait over the years to see if she meets this sort of person. And if she does, I guess I'll be very famous.
0: (laughs) You would be, there's no doubt
1: in that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet of you.
0: Yeah, given that you're so young, you're just 17, as old as me. I know nothing about Tara and you know everything.
1: <laughs> but you know so much more. You do podcasting, <laughs> you do vlogs, you do so much. <laughs> I just get bored.
0: <laughs> so mm-hmm. in, My um, next question is like, um, is it like, it's related to love? So... Do you believe in soulmates? Does tarot say something about souls? It's <laughs> <laughs> a
1: silly question, I know. No, no, it's not a silly question. I think it's a really cute question. Um, uh, You know, I see a lot of posts and a lot of... um sort of you know one of those tumblr posts like letters for soulmates and everything and um, you know in that a lot of people are actually rejecting the idea of soulmates and the fact that you know that you know there's someone that comes predestined for you and that you know that a lot of people believe that you know you make it work with the person that you know you work with the relationship every day and I strongly believe in that like I think that you have to work at a relationship and you have to constantly put in the effort. But having said that, I definitely do believe in the concepts, a concept of soulmates, because I find it really, um, that makes you, that made you smile because you thought I was going towards the side that I don't believe yeah. in. It. <laughs> no, but I definitely do believe in soulmates because I feel like, um, you know, having such a strong sense of intuition and, um, everything i believe that um you know that when people get married they say now that's like that sort of seven lifetime thing that humans live seven lifetimes so um i believe that you know that there's not one person meant for you in each lifetime i feel like those people just constantly find each other in every lifetime and i think that's such a great notion because almost all religions actually agree upon this fact and um I think that upon all of these lifetimes, if you have, and you recognize each other, like have you ever met a person and you're like, oh my God, I feel like I've known them forever. Like um, that's because you probably have known them forever. And you know, people are just, I, I strongly really hate the modern age because people are just so skeptical of everything. Like if you could just, open your eyes up and just believe for five minutes on something like it's just going to make you happier because if you just feel like you've known a person forever you probably have known them forever like you probably had some past karmic lifetime and some things you probably did with them and i think all of us have like this sort of notion about a person who we would be with and ultimately i think that is where the idea of soulmates comes from so i definitely do believe in soulmates.
0: okay I I don't know if I believe it or not. I'm I'm skeptical.
1: I don't know. I know, but I think um, I think you have to like sort of like really feel it too. Um, and I'm not saying I've really felt it. I'm only seventeen, but you know I really like to believe that there's some sort of magic to it. So, <laughs> um,
0: so Rishika, what is your favorite tarot card?
1: Um, I think my favorite tarot card is definitely the Hermit, and. Um, you know, I have a lot of reasons for this. Like I have personal stories like attached to it as well. And um, I think um, it's because um, it's the one tarot card which actually just, you know, it just resonates with you. Like you just feel like such a strong sense of attachment to it. And, um, the Hermit sort of represented in the Renaissance itself, it represented these people that, um, you know, the Renaissance was the age where there was like a lot of questions around skepticism and there was a lot of cynicism, uh, cynicism around, um, like whether religion was what we said it was or that, you know, whether the afterlife afterlife actually existed and, um, you know, why should we do everything in our entire life for our afterlife? Why shouldn't we do something for ourselves? ourselves? And this was when the ideal of individuality started coming in, like in the Renaissance, where people started believing that we are individual beings and we're responsible for ourselves. And the hermit actually perpetuates the entire ideology of the Renaissance and the entire ideology of the tarot in one card, because according to me, like a lot of people may have different opinions. So um, it sort of holds like a lamp in front of it and it's like spiritual guidance. And it's also alone because a lot of people during the Renaissance, they started like going to abbeys and monasteries alone and they started living these lonesome lives. And I think that it, it's so interesting because this is like the one card that doesn't really need anyone. And it just has all of this knowledge inside it and just you know, it's, it's just so wise. And once you look at that card, you actually feel like you're looking at some higher level or some higher spirit. And I think if anyone actually pulls out that card in a reading, I like instantly want to be best friends with them because like that's that sort of energy they have. It's, it just takes a lot to pull out the hermit, And, um, I, and um, definitely, I think that we have a lot to learn from him as well, because like we live in such an interdependent social age where almost everything is reliant on social media. But the hermit is not scared to quit all of that. and He's not scared to go on his own journey and look for his answers, even though he's like this very old man. And he's like, you know, guiding you into spirituality. And I think that's like one of the most interesting cards like not even one of them like it is the most interesting card that the tarot could like ever invent so definitely the woman
0: right um like uh, there would be some people who, who don't believe in tarot card reading and uh, i've met those people when we talk about and discuss about this stuff because uh, sometimes we are really curious to know about our future and there are people who argue that um uh, uh, This is like, if you're pulling out a card, that's just a matter of guess or luck. So how can someone be so sure about future? So do you have any comments on that as a tarot card reader?
1: I think um, the tarot cards, um, like for sure, like I think a lot of people, they um, are valid in their reasoning. They believe that tarot cards do not tell the future. And um, I don't know whether they do tell the future or not because... um, I'm not entirely sure about that, but I think even aside from that even if you place that whole question of you know whether the tarot cards can tell the future or not aside the tarot cards have so much to contribute to the world because if you actually look at it like the tarot cards in progression the 22 cards of the major arcana it's actually the most daunting account of human history to ever be produced because have you ever seen an amalgamation of ancient Egypt Greece mythology Renaissance and almost every other historical period even the East even Indian elements literally have you ever seen all of them in 22 cards it's humanly impossible and even um and coming back to the divination question I think um I think there are a lot of things in the entire world that can sense your energy like the concept of manifestation and the law of attraction that you know um I don't believe that you know if you write your name like uh write someone's name 42 times on a piece of paper and bury it beneath the earth um, like they're going to fall in love with you but um, you know I don't well, question the problem that's actually a thing. They um I I read um somewhere like on on this witchcraft thing um like you know a lot of people practice witchcraft and um someone was telling me that um you should write someone's name three times on a piece of paper spray your perfume on it and go to sleep um they will fall in love with you and I'm just like that actually does not make any sense but you know I never said it to the person because I'm like um you know it takes a lot of courage to have unwavering faith in something and to place so much of belief in this one thing i don't want to take that away from that person because it's maybe it's that one thing which helps them get through the world better and i would never want to be able to take something so special to them away from that and not even that i feel like the tarot cards they actually do have the power to sense your energy because even if they can't tell the future they can guide you through it right like um even, for example, um, and my favorite thing to do with non-believers of the tarot is I actually open up my deck and I'm like, okay, so why don't you pick a card? So I tell them to close their eyes and I tell them, put your hand above the cards. And if you once you feel a strong sensation towards, the, uh, towards one card, you pick it out. And once they've picked out the three cards, I actually um, tell them, you know, um, I know you don't believe in tarot and everything, but how did you feel the strong sensation towards the card if you believe that there's no energy in these cards? <laughs> like, it's one of my favorite things to do and um also I think um tarot card reading in itself it's made to guide a person throughout their life because the tarot is really like full-on related to like human experience like almost every single card can guide you through each step of your life
0: that's right that's right so um my next question would be um is there some sort of similarity between tarot
1: card and uh, life experiences? Um, definitely, like um, not um, so the tarot. I think um, one of the most important things, like you know, you always see these people on YouTube talking about, like you know, I died for two minutes and then what I saw. So the tarot actually believes the uh, card number thirteen in tarot is, in the Major Arcana is known as death, and um, you know, it sort of a lot of people expect that after thirteen cards, the tarot would stop. Like after that, there would be no more tarot cards, but it actually goes on. And the most important cards come after death, which shows that the most important part of human experience, like it sort of puts out that, it it sort of crushes that Renaissance ideology in the middle also, which I found really interesting because yeah, as a card, um, as a deck of cards, it's adapted so much of the Renaissance, they sort of crushed the ideology by saying, you know, the afterlife is pretty important as well. So, um, they actually believe in death and then after that there are like the cards in itself they progress and they show the evolution of human life after death and you know death could be symbolic also it could be like you know um you know you die like in the middle like you like shed off like the person you used to be and you become like this new evolved person that could also be that but um you know in two ways so um in the tarot card actually the empress which is um a very famous tarot card especially amongst women because you know it's a very feminine very gorgeous card and um i actually believe that the empress has a lot to teach us because she's like this very feminine very gorgeous woman who's sitting in this field with like these cherries surrounding and it's just very beautiful beautiful drawing and um i think the most important thing that she has to teach us is that femininity is not weakness because a lot of people believe that you know being excessively feminine is like you know weak in some way and that these girls are not like up to the mark and they're not smart enough but the empress is one of the most powerful cards in the tarot and it's also one of the most feminine cards in the tarot so i think that's one of the most interesting cards and she's pregnant actually so it sort of symbolizes human experience in that then there's the card which is the lovers which people get very excited when they pull out so um it's sort of like um it shows the stages of like falling in love. It actually shows um, Adam and Eve and, you know, a lot of other things which happen throughout. Um, and some people say it actually has like, you know, elements of the Mahabharata in it because the previous version it actually symbolized like five men and one woman. So um, that's pretty interesting. So that's what I said that it incorporates all elements. And, um, Human experience in the way, card number one, which is my second favorite card, like definitely, it's called the fool. Actually, card number zero. So we have a card number zero in the tarot. It's called the fool. And um, he sort of symbolizes the start of human experience where you're standing, like dangling on the edge of a cliff. And, you know, he just sort of... um, you know that the fool is going to fall, like because you're standing on the edge of the cliff. And once he does fall down, he ultimately does become the magician. Like, there's this beautiful, like, um, what do you say, sense uh-huh. of harmony between them? Because the fool, when he's at the edge of the cliff, there's like the same scenery picture, you can see the forest and everything. And the card magician has the same forest, so you can only imagine that the fool fell down and he became the magician because he had the power to take that leap. So it sort of shows like a baby taking its first steps and then growing up and um, going through all of these stages in their life. Um, A lot of people also believe that the high priestess, um, sort of the second card in the tarot, which is, um the pope's wife the hierophant which i showed you is um the high priestess. is supposed to be his wife and but a lot of people believe that she's actually not his wife because um she's supposed to be this um uh, she's um it's, it's the card which sort of symbolizes elements of judaism so almost all jewish people they have um a lot of affinity to this card which i find it really interesting because um um, you know if you do a reading like I've, I've seen these like um, blogs written down by tarot readers who did a reading on um like you know this Jewish couple and um both of them were doing it um alag-alag. so um they put up the card's face down and both of them picked up the high priestess. They had this affinity towards a card which like that's why I believe the tarot cards are so so powerful and you know this untapped potential which they have is like just so immense and you know as um as like a generation of people who who are always like gravitating towards science and you know always into like you know the concepts of technology and everything i think we could really do like a lot of good by actually going back in time and seeing all of these wonderful things that have been created over the ages that probably have much more potential than we could ever imagine i feel like the tarot is also put down a little bit because it's like it has like this element of humanities in it But it's actually, I think it's much more complicated than I've ever, like, seen because even one card has so many symbols. Like, I remember when I was reading The Fool and um, there was, like, this sort of... um, um, you had to read his, um, what are you saying? He had like a cap on and, um, you know, there were like these birds and there was like this dog. And, you know, um, when you were reading the bird, like the symbol of the eagle, I had to read about the Egyptian god and what he had, um, you know, his rivalries and everything. And even Achilles, who is um, the, I think, Greek god of anger. He uh, sort of, not anger, war actually. So when I was reading his card, which actually correlates with the emperor, I had to read his entire history and link it to the emperor. Then I had to link the emperor to a dictator, Machiavelli, in Italy. Then I actually linked the emperor to the leaders of today. So, um, you know, there are just so many possible links that I, I don't think of knights and knaves. Maybe it covers like, I don't know, like 70% of what all of the symbolism in the tarot But no one could ever humanly... Write down all of like the symbolism because it's like almost impossible to find. Like even this singular card, if you um see it. Wait, I'll pick out the magician actually, that's a bit easier to explain. Even this singular card, if you see it, uh, the infinity sign which he has on top of his head, it means like thousands of different things. You look at it in Judaism, you look at it in Christianity, you look at it in like Five thousand different things, and even the four elements which he has on his table are actually the four elements of the um minor arcana, so it has its drawing on itself as well. So you're just like God because by the time you reach the fourth card, you're just so tired of analyzing the symbols, and um like this is um the fool right. So um as I said, his bag right here it has a symbol of um an eagle. So once you're looking at um you know looking at what he has um, to offer, you actually get so tired because there's like so many interpretations of it. And he's holding a white rose. So a white rose symbolizes peace. In some other cultures, it symbolizes death. In some, and you're just like, God, because you have to draw all of these interpretations and sort of condense it down to like one um, sort of narrative. And that's a very tiring job.
0: <laughs> it is. Um, I believe it is.
1: Like this Sochcast,
0: Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. So, like, do you have to analyze it on our own? Isn't it some uh, like fixed criteria that this card represents
1: this sort of thing? Or uh, no, there's definitely a fixed criteria. Like all cards, like the fool, he represents, um, you know, um. In a sense, he represents um, taking the lead, taking like, you know, um, the sort of step, the final step. It also symbolizes the recklessness. It symbolizes a lot of things. And this is always going to be fixed. But um, the questions which people ask will never be fixed because it's like, um, you know, you're always going to run out of them. Like if you ask, um, you know, for example, um, what would I grow up to be? Then someone else would ask, um, I Um, Will I have like, you know, a kink in my career or, you know, what will be the major turning point of my career? So in that, the interpretation completely changes because if I say, if I started reading out words like, oh, um, you know, uh, you'll be reckless, you'll be this in your career and that. The person would ask for their money back. They would be like, "You don't know anything." So when you look at the cards, you have to like interpret it on like such an extremely personal level because it's almost like you have to attach that card to the person and you have to be like, "Okay, what are the characteristics that this person and the culture?" So I would like to add in my previous answer. I believe that a tarot reader should also have the power of you know understanding basic human psychology. Like if not like very advanced, please least basic. Like I think the more a uh, tarot card reader understands psychology and the more emotional intelligence, the ability to deal with people. And obviously, most importantly, like, you know, you cannot skimp on intuition, Um, the better the tarot card reader would be. And I believe a lot of people actually treat the tarot cards as entertainment. Like, you know, people in like malls and stuff, they actually think that, you know, it's like almost like sort of like a game and like, you know, it's like a divinatory game that can tell you your future. And a lot of tarot card readers do that as well. They like you know they kind of make a mockery out of it like not really make a mockery out of it but by the way that they're reading it they actually do make a mockery out of it because there are certain questions you can't ask the tarot you can't ask the tarot like um you know yes or no questions like you can ask like a yes or no spread but i believe that uh, the detail and that would be much lesser so i always encourage uh, like People asking me open ended questions. So I think that, you know, the lesser you start to treat it as something that's entertaining and the more you start looking at it as something that could genuinely guide you in your life, you will actually open yourself up to so much. Um, So uh,
0: if uh, someone wants to be a TAD card reader, like, uh, can, uh, how how can we uh, build up our ability uh, to feel? The intuitions or something—is it possible or is it God-gifted?
1: I feel intuition is something. Um, unfortunately, I really like to believe that people can always you know, build up things and can always work hard and uh, you know achieve a certain thing. But I feel like intuition is something that's majorly gifted. Um, it's something that you know can be passed on through generations, as we've seen in a lot of you know witchcraft communities in the olden times, not today's witchcraft where you, know, you write someone's name in street perfume. <laughs> That's not I, like I would not want to say anything about that. But I think the actual witchcraft, which happened ages ago, that had spell books and everything. Um, you know, not everyone can be a witch, and in that way, I believe that not everyone can be a tarot reader because it just the sense of intuition you have to have and the um like you know um the ability to read people and read their feelings and you know what they feel and to connect it is like like you have to have a lot of um unparalleled um I'm sure intuition would be the word um you have to have a very very great sense of intuition and i believe that a lot of that comes from being gifted but you could build up your intuition by you know um practicing spirituality um and you know crystal healing i think that's a very important part of the tarot as well and um even though i personally don't practice crystal healing that much anymore but um i believe that you know to build up on your intuition it's something that's important but um i believe that intuition has to be something that's almost 95 god gifted because it's sort of um, like that's what makes a tarot reader and everything else comes after that like um, it's almost like if you have a really good intuition half of your work work is done but um, you also like if you have that ability to you know connect with people and to um be able to interpret tarot cards which is very important i'd say number one would be intuition obviously second would be um the ability to interpret the cards and to analyze almost every detail of it and the third would be to be able to connect with the person so i think if you have all of these three abilities i think you would be like an extraordinary reader. but to be able to go to that point it takes years and years of practice
0: that's right so thank you so much, Risika, for joining us. And I hope my audience got to know a lot about tarot card reading. And I would also like to state once again that Rizika uh, offers tarot card reading and you can contact her on her page. Um, it's, what is it? At the rate of...
1: Rizika. At Rizika Chopra on, Inst- yeah. on Instagram.
0: D-R-S-I-K-A-C-H-O. Right. So thank yeah. you. Thank much. you. <laughs>
1: I had a lot of fun being here today. It's really mm-hmm. glad. Uh, I really had fun meeting you and you're such a great person. So, um, and I really liked how interested you were and you have like a very genuine energy surrounding you. I can tell. <laughs> Thank you so much. It means a lot. Coming from a tad mm-hmm. it means a
0: lot. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this Soochcast. What is your Sooch? Send us your comments on our Facebook page and Instagram page. It's time for you to do your own Soochcast at SochCast Apni Soch Dunia Ko